combat sports and culture show in the entire universe, the Fight Podcast. Today, we have an incredible show for you guys. Um, obviously, we have to talk about this past weekend, man. It came, it went, Fight Island, the, the huge event that we were looking for, Jorge Masvidal against Kamaru Usman, the Nigerian nightmare, man. So we're absolutely going to talk about this. We also today are going to go ahead and discuss Max Holloway. What happened with Max Holloway, man? Did he get gypped? Was he actually robbed in this fight? Um, we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about um, the rest of the card and so much more. We're definitely today going to go ahead and address some boxing, okay? And the reason we have it because today I have my brother coming on, the guru himself, Brandon Camille, our boxing, our resident boxing expert, is coming on today. We're going to talk about a lot of boxing, um, but we have to touch on these cards, man. So uh, before we go ahead and jump into it, again, you guys are joining the, the greatest combat sports and culture in the entire universe. This is episode 221. We keep it rocking, man. Um, and really quick, we are brought to you each and every week by Everlast. Everlast is the greatest um, glove company in the world. They have amazing gloves. You've seen all of your favorite fighters where you're using them. Canelo used to rock them for a while. If you're on the MMA side, Dustin Poirier came out there and used to lay hands and he still uses Everlast, man. So check out Everlast today. Use promo code the fight and you'll get 10% off, okay? Also, we are also brought to each and every week by Pure CBD Pure, man. They're an amazing CBD company. Organic or uh, locally grown right in Colorado, okay? They'll take care of you. Check them out. You get 15% off by using the promo code The Fight. All right, without further ado, I'm going to go ahead and bring on my brother, man. Like I said, this is Brandon Camille, man. BCAM13, man. Here he is. B, what it do, brother? Welcome to The Fight Podcast, man. Thank you for joining me, dude. Serge, my guy. I'm glad to be back, man. How are you? Oh, bro. I mean, come on, man. It, we, we've had good fights. What about, you know, I'm excited. We've had great you know, fights. It, we've had more than good fights. We've, just, we've had fights, period. And that's more than a lot of other sports can say. Um, I, I haven't been around. You, you got me on a bench, man. I'm tight, man. I might make a few mistakes today. But I'm, I'm, I'm glad to be back on the greatest combat sports and culture show in the world. Let them know. Um, let them yeah, know. Let, man, come on now. Brought to you by Everlast. I got a little promo in there for you. Um... But yeah, let, let's get to it, man. I, I want to talk, man. I want to talk. Let's get to it. All right, so let's, let's, I want to start off with this. I know you watched it this weekend in Dubai. Um, we had, uh, honestly, in terms of the main card, we had an amazing card. UFC 251 was this past weekend, and it was headlined by none other than the welterweight champion, Kamar Usman versus the BMF champ on six days notice, proving how BMF he is, Jorge Game bread, Masvidal. Now, I'm going to start with this because, again, the entire card, especially if we could start from the bottom up. In fact, B, you're my guest today. Um, would you prefer starting from the top down or go ahead and go from the bottom up? Well, can I tell you where I want to start? Please, please, now, now, bro. Before we, even, before we even get to the card, before we get to the fights, the first, the, the initial estimates have come out. Now, those will settle a little bit. The numbers may look a little bit different. But the initial estimates say 1.3 million pay-per-view buys. Crazy. That is a huge number. What are your thoughts on that? I think what, what I believe truly is the power of Jorge Masvidal. I mean, 
They have had more stacked cards this year. Kamar Usman has no drawing power. Alex uh, Volkanovski has no drawing power. Those 35ers have no drawing power. The only person on this card that has legitimate pay-per-view drawing power was Jorge Masvidal. And that's the reason that they paid him the way that they did for this matchup. Look, I'm going to be honest with you. If we look at this fight, um, anybody else, Gilbert Burns, it would have been a good card. But I would be very honest with you. They probably would have made somewhere around six to 700,000 buys. That's it. That's it. Jorge Masvidal got them over a million buys. It is, he is the reason that it happened. And I'm going to be honest with you. He's the only reason that it happened. You think of Jorge Masvidal. I think of, man, what can boxing do better? The biggest fight in boxing for a long time happened this year. February 22nd, we're talking Deontay Wilder versus Tyson Fury. Now, that fight had a huge promotion. You're talking about ESPN, which is Disney. You're talking about Fox using mm -hmm. all of their muscle to promote this fight. We're talking Super Bowl commercials. That is unprecedented in the fight game. That fight does about eight to 850,000 buys compared to 1.3 for, for UFC 251. Now, you can look to quarantine and say, hey, people aren't doing much. They didn't have much, uh, much of an option. But I think that's a huge number for MMA, and boxing needs to take a look at that model and say, hey, we need to start making these bigger fights more often because they're able to build stars through these, build, through these huge fights, and boxing just isn't doing a great job at building their stars right now. It, it takes too long. It's too, it, it's too convoluted of a process to get Absolutely. these big fights to happen. Whereas UFC, as we saw at 251, they're putting them on a six days notice. Six days notice. That Absolutely. would never happen in now, boxing. Now, now, let me yeah. ask you this. And, and, and here's the thing. And, and if this really comes into question, specifically because of the pay structure, a lot of the high-level boxers, for instance, have an opportunity. They can sit back and chill. They can fight twice a year. And their purses are so large, it doesn't matter. They're totally fine if that's the case. Um, MMA doesn't have that luxury. We see what Jorge Masuda had to get through just to get this. If it went back, if it wasn't for the, the opponent falling out, Jorge wouldn't have got the money that Jorge received. Let's just keep it a buck. John Jones isn't fighting anymore because he's not getting paid. Um, Henry Cejudo is not fighting anymore because he's not getting paid. So there is an issue with both, okay? And, and I'll say this. I think both sports need to do a far better job. I love that you don't have options in the UFC. You're going to fight who we give you. And if you don't like it, you go, can go somewhere else. Okay, that, that's, that is what it is. In boxing, they have a little bit more leverage and that's because all somebody's with Uncle Al and somebody else is with top rank. When you have all these organizations, they don't want to play with each other. So for instance, I would, it would be like that in MMA if the UFC and one championship had to negotiate. We wouldn't see fights as regularly. We wouldn't see the best of the best fight. The UFC has such a unique they're in a unique place right now. That one, they have a large, they have a bigger, I'm not saying that they have the best MMA fighters in the world because they don't. They absolutely do not. They have the most marketed fighters that we know. And they have an opportunity to make the most money in the UFC. That's why everybody wants to go there. Okay? Um, that's the difference. 
So when we look at that, and I hope I answered your question. I hope it was in a roundabout way. So that, that's my thing. I, I think that's the biggest issue. And look, this whole thing, it's, it's honestly Floyd Mayweather's fault. And I'm going to say this. And I'm going to say it's a Floyd Mayweather fault. And it's, it's Floyd's fault because because of Floyd Mayweather, we had put such an emphasis on the zero in boxing. Before Floyd, if you took an L, nobody cared as long as it was a good fight. You can lose a couple and still be somebody that was revered. But, but Floyd put such a precedent on this O, it made it seem like if you got an L in boxing, you're trash. And because of that, we're not getting the fights. Max Holloway lost this week. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Let, 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 let's, let, me, let me get a second here. Because I'm not always here. Go I'm not always here for the Floyd slander. Because, yes, no, no, Floyd I'm not did get, no, 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 no. I'm Floyd. not getting there. I hear you. I hear you. But there's, but a, there's another slander. side of that. There's another side of that as well. Floyd did put so much emphasis on that O. Everybody else wanted to protect their O as well. And they felt, and it's actually realistic that if when they lose their O, their pay does get affected. It shouldn't. So they wanted to, they wanted to, uh, they wanted to protect that O, protect their pay, and they want to continue rising and becoming a bigger star. I understand. Yes. Cool. Now, Floyd did something else as well. Hmm. Floyd fought champion after champion. After champion, the, yeah, yes. after champion, and he tore the ass up one by one. Absolutely. You can't follow. You can't follow one side of the model, but not follow the other side of the model. Okay. And that's uh, and that's the but part that what that does is this, and this is what that does though. And, you, and you're correct, but the point that you're missing is this: up and coming fighters coming up. What are they modeling themselves after? They're seeing this guy makes this much money. So, for instance, this is why all of a sudden you got an MMA. Everybody felt like they had to talk shit all of a sudden because of Conor McGregor. He's getting paid this much money. I have to do what he's, I have to talk like him. I have to carry myself in that manner in order that I can make this extra, ca this type of cash. Because at the end of the day, especially if you look at certain, certain fighters in, in UFC, in MMA, world beaters, smashing everybody. And it doesn't matter. They're still not pay-per-view stars. Prime example, John Jones is arguably the greatest fighter of all time. John Jones really isn't that big of a pay-per-view star. John Jones has never broke a million pay-per-view buys. So when you look at stuff like that, that is it. So when I'm talking about Floyd, they looked at it and people assume, and again, it's not Floyd's fault, but people looked at Floyd and said, look, that's how you do it. It's because he's undefeated and that's why. So all of a sudden, managers and people handling these individuals started coddling their athletes. And saying, okay, well, you have to get 20 fights before we give you anybody that's even worth fighting. And thank God for people like Lomachenko who've come in the mix recently and said, fuck all that. I want a belt now. And I want to fight the best of the best now because I feel as if I'm the best of the best. Me personally, I love that. And that is why the UFC literally has better matchups right now. It really is just because the fact that they're there and they don't have the option to fight anybody else. That's the you, thing. You mentioned, you mentioned Lomachenko. People aren't looking at him. And I don't get why, because guess what? The greatest he's not fighter undefeated. in the world, in my opinion. Well, yeah. But he's, he's not undefeated. He has a loss. One. He came back from the loss. Yes. He, he continued to fight top-level competition. Mm -hmm. And now he's known as one of the top pound-for-pound -pound fighters in the world. Top two or three. Oh, okay, okay. Depending so, on how so you look. So check this out. I don't want to talk about this anymore, because we're talking about MMA, okay? We can talk about this I, later I on. I, I understand agree. where you're coming from. I know that you want to talk about that, but we're talking about MMA, all right? 
Let's go. Let's All go. Right. So, like I said before, UFC 251. Okay. Um, because we, and here's the thing. You're, what you're talking about is amazing, and I and I want to get into that. All right. I really do no. Let's get into let's that. talk yeah. about the fights because I so want to talk about talk, that too. Yeah, we need to talk about the fights because that's that's the the topic at hand at this point in time. Um, all right. So, um, like I said before, would you like to start from the top down or the bottom up? Top down. All right. There you go. So, um, Jorge Masvidal, um, Kamar Usman. Kamar Usman ends up getting a unanim- unanimous decision victory against Jorge Masvidal. Five rounds of honestly, even for somebody who loves MMA, somebody who loves grappling, um, I'm not gonna say it was the most entertaining fight in the world. Uh, but I think it's what we expected, especially from an athlete on six days notice. Okay. Um, from your perspective, you saw the fight. What were you, what were your thoughts on the performance from both athletes? Because I'm gonna be honest with you. I'm not mad from either performance. I'm not mad either. I think game bread did all that he could, especially on six days notice, despite the fact that he was already in camp. I'm sure he stopped for a little bit. So six days notice is still a bit aggressive for anybody. Really quick, I'm sorry to cut you off. Just to let you know, just a little context. Um, it ended up coming out that he did end up taking a lot of time. Like, like he just took his foot off the gas and ended up eating whatever he wanted. He ended up blowing up way heavier than he has been in years. So just to let you know about that. Okay. So from Usman's perspective, he fought an amazing fight. He did. He, he, he put his weight on him, held him up against the cage. Uh, look, I called this fight perfectly on a scrappy hour. Mm-hmm. I said it would look similar to Tyron Woodley. Not as dominant, but very similar. It, it Not, wasn't similar at all. What are you talking about? It, when he fought Tyron Woodley, he held him up against the cage. He dominated I mean, him the whole time throughout those five rounds. He, ended, he had nine takedowns against uh, Tyron Woodley. Now, if we're talking about what he's doing... I see where you're coming from. That's fine. It's a very different fight. He slowed it. Very different fight. He slowed the fight down to a pace that he could easily control. He he was never really in any trouble unless they were striking. Okay. And when he let him strike for a little bit, got him right back up against the cage. Got him got him down to the ground. Okay. He he didn't have that many. Is that that this that that's the difference though? In the the Tyron Woodley fight, it was a. And that's why I disagree with that, just because in the Tyron Woodley fight, it was just a one-sided domination. Um, he was able to take Kamar Usman. He was able to take down Woodley, control Woodley the entire time. He could not control um, Jorge Masvidal. He was able to hold him against the cage, but he wasn't able to take him down. When he took him down, he wasn't able to hold him there. He was able to get on top of Tyron Woodley, and literally the control time, if you look at that from on the top, he had over 20 minutes of control time on top. He did not have that against uh, um, Jorge Masvidal. All right, so that, that's what I'm saying. It is not the same, and again, I, I want you to differentiate in, for MMA the difference in these things. Now, if we're saying he used his wrestling and just held him, that is one thing, but it's a totally different that- looking fight. He used his wrestling, he held him, and he just overall slowed down the pace of the fight. Okay. And that's what I'm saying. Yes. Like, he slowed down the pace of the fight. We weren't, we weren't getting that Colby Covington performance. We got a performance that was going to get him the easy win. And that's what he did. What, 4-1, to 5-0 five, five on most of the scorecards? Mm-hmm. So he, it was a dominant performance from a point standpoint. That's not what it looked like in the, rim, in the ring. Sort of like a basketball game where the final score doesn't reflect how close the game was. It was, the game was a little bit closer than the final score will reflect, but it was still a dominant Usman victory. Absolutely. He also did great work to the body. Mm-hmm. No one speaks, in addition to the wrestling, he did, while he was holding up him up against the cage, he gave him hell to the body. He gave him over and over and over again. And for a guy that you know 
took the fight on six days' notice. That's what the fuck you do. Yeah, that is what you do. And people get in these get in the ring sometimes, and they totally abandon their game plan. They get Mm -hmm. excited. There's no fans. Maybe it's a lot easier because sometimes they hear the fans and they say, "Hey, I want to go crazy. I want a war." There's no fans there. This is Fight Island in Dubai, and they're saying, "Hey." He's stuck to the game plan. It was nothing more than a, than a glorified training session for Usman. So you can't take anything. Mm, Usman didn't say that. I, I, I'm not going to mm, say that. But for, and, and, and I'm going to be honest with you. Even, just, even just, as a he, fan, he, I would never disrespect a fighter like that. I'm not disrespecting Jorge Masvidal, but the way he was, Usman was able to execute his game plan, that's what I mean by it was a glorified training session for him. He went in there and he was able to easily, not, 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 I'm not gonna say too easy, but he easily ex- executed his game plan. Okay, so you see a fight that from, you see a fight that, you see a fight that ends four to one, okay, like that, and he's it, able it was, to and he's able to do he's able to do he's able to Im- not impose his will, but he was able to execute. So hold him against a cage, take him down sometimes, like that's what he wanted to do. So when I say I'm not saying it wasn't difficult for him, but he went out there and executed. He didn't run into he didn't run into a bunch of opposition in the first round, yeah, but outside of that. You know, he took a couple kicks to the body. I mean, he, but it was never really in any trouble. Mm-hmm. And so here's the thing. And, and and the only reason I I hold you on those is because I need your perspective in terms of watching MMA to change. All right? And I want you to just be Fair. more cerebral with this. Because I give a fuck about you and I want to make sure that you know what the fuck you're watching. All right? That's you, you I'm the boxing guy. I know, so, you know, I, know. I, I can talk and, to MMA, but so yeah, I'll listen. And, and so that, that's my only thing. And, and again, if we look at now, was it a dominant performance by Usman? Absolutely. He understood, and, and that's one thing I, I appreciated afterwards, how he even said, and his coach had to remind him, that was the thing that they, if you listen to the corners, hey, don't fuck around with him. If you, stay, if you stand with him, they told him in the corner, you stand with him, he's going to light you up. Don't stand with him. His coaches, he listened to their game plan to a T. And that's something that I was questioning if he would actually, I was wondering if he'd get his emotions involved. He's lucky that he had Trevor Whitman this time around, who is an amazing coach. He was the one constantly in his ear and said, hey, stick to the basics. You know what you can do. You're not better than him here. Beat him here. Okay. Now, I'm going to say this about Usman. Usman is the greatest welterweight in the world today and there's only one fighter in the world that could actually beat him and that is Jorge Masvidal okay Jorge Masvidal impressed me obviously six days notice but we have to take into account we're talking about one of the greatest wrestlers in the sport he ragdolled an all-american in Tyron Woodley he took down another all-american when he wanted to in Colby Covington he could not take down Jorge Masvidal. Were there there a lot of takedowns in that fight? There's two. Okay. There's two. So okay. he, but he couldn't even take down Jorge, and when he took him down, Jorge went right back up. That was to me the most impressive thing that I saw in that fight. The fact that somebody six days knows literally was not able, like with that somebody that strong and that powerful, he wasn't able to get controlled on the ground. Seeing Jorge stand up, and literally that's the reason why Usman had to hold him against the cage. Because he couldn't get him down. Jorge said himself, the reason he let himself stay on the cage is because he didn't have the legs. His, his gas tank after the first round was done. So the fact that you have somebody after the first round, their gas tank is completely done. And they still aren't being able to get taken down or controlled by a head. Because that's what he was doing. He was like, I just stayed against the cage to conserve my energy to try to have a couple bursts per round. 
That is the only reason I stayed against the cage. And guess who even acknowledged that? Kamaru Usman. Kamaru Usman said he's probably the toughest guy I faced. That, he's like, I hit him with shots, and he's like, he didn't even react to certain things. And I like that you point that out. That's something that's pretty common, even on the boxing side. You see a boxer that hasn't necessarily had a full training camp or something of that sort. They come out fast early. They try to do what they can to see if they can get an early finish because they know that's that gas saying. tank isn't going to be there in the later rounds. Mm -hmm. And, that's and I, I, I think he did... I think he did a great job fighting in burst. You could tell he was gassed after that first round. You look, they show both the corners. You look at Usman, he's calm, cool, collected. Jorge was breathing. He's he was breathing. gassed. I think I texted you that he was gassed after that first round. And U Usman saw that. He continued to go to the body. But when Jorge had his opportunities, he fought in burst. He got a few strikes off. But there was no way he was going to maintain that high level place, let's say, like he Not did in a Nate Diaz fight. Exactly. And now, and that is the reason why I thoroughly believe. Now, I'm not saying that he can absolutely beat him. And honestly, I would absolutely pick for Usman next time around. But if anybody can beat him in this, the fact that he couldn't take him down, and Jorge is light years, light years ahead of Usman on the feet. He is so much faster. Oh can, my can God. Can we talk about how fast he looked? Oh he my was God. blazing. Those, those strikes, the, different, the difference in speed, I haven't seen uh, a speed differentiation like that in a while. Like oh, it was very, very apparent. Jorge was blazing, even so in the fast. even when he later in the fight when he's fought in his burst, you could still see that speed. It was, I don't know, and it was for me. He looked so fast. I didn't know if Usman was just slow. I'm like, is Usman just that no, slow? No, I don't, I don't remember him fast. looking this slow against Kobe Covington, who's not necessarily a stand-up fighter, but Jorge Masvidal was blazing his strikes were coming quick and i only could imagine what that would look like if he had a full training camp which is why i'm sure he wants his rematch but i am with you on this one in the rematch i do pick usman however i'm curious you you mentioned that you mentioned that he, jorge is the only person in that division that could beat usman that's yes. a tough tough division great you got guys like leon, leon leon edwards already you have leon guys edwards. like well, okay, you got you got guys like Gilbert Burns out there, and Gilbert Burns, he's de decent on his feet. He is a Not we said black enough. belt, black belt. He's the greatest. He's the greatest jujitsu guy to, to to fight in the UFC. Is he? Yeah. I've I've only I've only seen the Tyron Woodley. He's, he's a fucking you know, monster, bro. He, Gilbert Burns is a beast. ADCC multiple time world Brazilian champion, IBFF jujitsu champion worldwide. He went to Dubai, won championships there. He is one of the greatest jiu-jitsu guys in the history of jiu-jitsu. He is that good. He is, he, th yeah. we, on the feet, where would you rank him against Usman? He's better. On the feet. So, But you think all of that considered, he just doesn't have the strength. He doesn't. He's not. He, he's just, I think Kamara Usman is that powerful of a wrestler. I think Kamara Usman has an incredible fight IQ. Um, mm -hmm. I, I think that he is well-schooled. And here's the thing. He's disciplined. And he's, can we take can we take into account what he did to Tyron Woodley though? Tyron Woodley is super strong, has great Tyron take Woodley down defense. Tyron Woodley is thirty eight years old. Tyron Fair. Woodley is thirty years old. And Tyron Woodley has a lot of miles on him. That that was a, that was a little brother finally being able to beat up the big brother. That's what that was because they're tight, they're friends. It, it was the little brother beating up the big brother finally. That's all that was. His okay. time is coming gone, and and that's the thing that hurts my heart about Tyron Woodley is that. I wish people paid attention to him when he was in his prime. The UFC didn't want to show him love at that point in time, man. And uh, and honestly, he's 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 in my opinion the second greatest welterweight of all time behind George St. Pierre. 
MMA has also continued to grow in popularity. So, I mean, I think where the timing for him, it really does. That's it. It just sucks the timing. Um, He's he's an all time great man. All right, let's move move right along, man. Oh, um, really quick. Next up, it is going to be Gilbert Burns for Kamar Usman, even though Kamar Usman says that he wants to take some time off. Okay, he said, I want to take my kid on a vacation. That nigga lives in Florida. (laughs) I don't think he's going anywhere. Uh, but he says he wants to take a vacation and he wants to, um, he has a little bit of time off. Hopefully we'll see him at the end of the year. Now, really quick. What, what, what is think? time off for an MMA fighter though? Like a couple weeks, a couple months? Like, it depends back on what it is. Uh, he'll probably want to get back in. Now, again, Tyron Woodley is somebody who does deal with a lot of injuries. Okay. Not Tyron Woodley. I'm sorry. Kamar Usman. He has terrible mm-hmm. knees. I don't even think he has any cartilage in his knees. He does zero word road work. Um, people don't even realize that. So he has that. For him kind to of, have the tank that he does without work, row work is kind of crazy. Dude, he rides bikes and shit. He rides bikes and swims to get himself right. So, dude is an absolute monster. I love. And again, I, I don't ever want anybody to think that I am not a fan of Kamar Usman because I am. I think Kamar Usman is great. I really do. I didn't like his shtick and I didn't like how he was fighting going against Jorge Masvidal. Like, I didn't like that. Like, what, what are you doing? Like, you were a fanboy a year ago, and I and we all saw when you were fanboying Jorge, and all of a sudden he's the next in the queue, and instead of showing the man respect, hey, he deserves a shot, you acted as if he wasn't a worthy opponent, and that's when I that's what I don't agree with at all. But um, something that happened, oh, he has to, he has to sell the fight, but that's not selling the fight. That that's not nope. that's not selling it to me. It's look if you are clever, if you're clever and you have quality shit talk i'm cool with it but to sit there and act as if you don't know who somebody is when we have you on camera fanboying dude that's weak to me you know what i'm saying i don't that, I, I agree don't like but, i agree but like I, I i'm gonna stand firm on this at the end of the day they have to sell the fight i get you and i think i, I think when the, when when the bell rings in the fifth round what yes. happened much and, respect. And, and I just wanted to ask you about that. So what were you, before we move on to the next fight, because we have a bunch of stuff we need to talk about today. Um, what was your thoughts about afterwards, their embrace, and the seemingly respect that they showed to one another? That's what it is. I mean, it don't matter if it's in the ring or it's in the streets. You know, two guys, they fight. They're supposed to be able to dap each other up after. They squash it, and they can move on. He said he wants his rematch down the line with a full training camp. Cool. That's how it's supposed to be. They talk their shit in the lead up. They fought. It was a, a, a conclusive decision, and we can all move on. No, no reason to harbor that ill will. Are they just mm-hmm. gonna keep talking shit for years? They don't. Ain't nobody got time for that. Yeah. And Jorge, you know, he was he was honorable in defeat, as he's honorable sometimes honorable in a win. But I mean, I think he took took his defeat like the BMF that he is, and we can move on. Facts. No, nothing Facts. really to be said about um, it. I was happy you, to see those guys. Do you guys know who he's other. fighting next? I do. So I heard. I heard McGregor. Nope. Uh, I heard McGregor. I, nope. I saw D- I saw Diaz. Nope. I, I mean, I, I I'm just you know going what I saw on Instagram. Them? You know, I'm a casual. They they uh the organization is talking about having the grudge match between Jorge Masvidal and Colby Covington. Grudge match? Why do you call it a grudge match? Have, have they fought before? They used to be best friends. Oh, the, uh, same they, same team. They were teammates. He Jorge Masvidal took Colby Covington in. He had and Colby him, Covington got kicked out of the gym. Yes. The, yeah, so they, they used to be cool. He started talking shit about Jorge. Jorge was like, fuck this dude. Ain't been cool ever since. He actually owes Jorge's coach money. And he didn't pay dude in Boston. That's why they stopped being cool. 
but they used to be real buddy buddy and now since he left jorge is like i want to fight that dude because we all remember what happened in the gym and i have been some this dude so that's probably the next fight that they're gonna end up making i don't think covington takes that fight i, I feel like i've seen covington kind of weasel his way out of fights he has weaseled his way out of fights I mean, somehow, somehow he sticks around, but he don't want that smoke because I mean that'll be his last fight in the UFC. Man, I w- I wouldn't doubt it, man. All right, he uh, got he got on. his jaw broke jaw broken by Usman, and then he gets kneed in the face by, by Masvidal. If, if you get your jaw broke by Usman, Jorge gonna light you up. Yeah, yeah. I mean he he's not he's not gonna let uh Colby uh, Colby will do everything he can to keep that fight on you know wrestling oh, more yeah. wrestling, but I mean. They're tr- but, they but used to be former teammates. If, but if they know each other. Exactly. And if you can't take Jorge down, you are in a war. And if you can't control Jorge, you're going to lose. That's what it is. You need. That's the only time he's ever lost is if he gets controlled. If you just hold him, that's how you have to fight. You got to grab this dude and just hold him for five rounds and hope the, the, the clock goes before he hits you. That's and I haven't watched a bunch of... We, I haven't we, watched we, a bunch of Cody We got to move on. We got to move on to the next fight. Um, co-main event time. Co-main event, we had... Max Holloway and Alexander Volkanovsky. Alexander Volkanovsky wins in a split decision to retain his belt. I will be the first one to say this. If you, if you had an opportunity, um, Dana White afterwards and all the media who were there, nobody in the building, and if you go ahead and look at Twitter, it seems like nobody on Twitter, unless you're in Alexander Volkanovsky's family, believes Alexander Volkanovsky won that fight. Um, Look, I'll be honest with you, and I, and I love to hear what you think about this. I do not like calling fights robberies. I don't. I never like saying things are robberies, but I've watched that fight three times. That is as close as you can get to calling something a robbery. Here's the thing. Anybody who says, and I hear this, oh, yes, Max won the first three, but I weigh the last rounds heavier than I weigh the first rounds. That's retarded. I'm sorry. That is one of the goofiest things I've ever heard in my life. Who's scoring fights like that? But people legitimately (laughs) bring that up. I think the other That's just not how you score a fight. It's not. And I think the other big issue is this. MMA uses boxing's 10-point must system. It doesn't work for MMA. It never has. It is not the same. The scoring criteria is very different. There's more things that can happen. Because in boxing, for instance, if you get knocked down, it's you lose two points. In MMA, you get knocked down, nothing happens. One point, one point, one point. You, or, yeah, you lose a point. But in, in MMA, you don't lose anything. You can get knocked down three times and still win the round. You know what I'm saying? So we're judging these fights on a criteria. But M- MMA, the fight doesn't stop. Exactly. But that's what I'm saying. So if it doesn't stop, we can't judge it on the exact same criteria that we judge boxing. It doesn't make but, sense. See, my, my thing is that when, when you present when you present an issue like you're presenting, I feel like you have to prevent a, present a better solution. So what would be your solution there? The fights in MMA, you have to take it to the old school pride rules. The way and, pride and, okay. the, the way pride used to and one championship does this now. They judge the fight in totality. They judge the fight as a whole. They look at the ebbs and flows of the fight, they watch the fight. And what they end up doing is saying, at the end of the fight, they score it like you're supposed to. At the end of this round, who would I rather be? That's how you score fights. You said they, wait, you said they score the, as the a whole, fight as a, or the, or the, or the, or the and, round. And, and, so when they score things, they're like, who would I rather be? 
and they'll just kind of mark off who's the best. All right, I like this. This guy had a better round. This guy. And then what they'll end up doing, instead of like taking points, like this point for this, this point for this, this point for this, like the you of the 10-point must system, it's literally mm-hmm. like, who won the fight? So that's how those are judged, is who won the fight. And here's the thing. You can't say anything about this because at the end of the day, you've never watched Pride. And I need to sit there with you Pride. and watch it with you and to show you how this works. As a boxing person, it is difficult to sit there and understand how that looks. But we'll watch a fight together and I'll explain and I'll show you how that is. But that is how they actually end up doing fights there. They judge it in its totality. This is how it is. At the end of the day, this person did the most damage. This person controlled the action. And that is why this person won. They use a 10-point must system and say, oh, Alexander Volkanovsky eked this out because of this takedown. He eked this round out because of this. That's not how a fight should be scored. A fight should be scored on who won the fight. And honestly, that is how I've always scored fights, me personally. And most fighters score the fights that way as well. And they would prefer that fights get scored in that manner. So, the issue with scoring in combat sports is the fact that it's subjective. Wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. Are you over here trying to die on a hill when you have never even... You, don't, don't try to argue pride on me if you ain't never seen it. I, I've, been, I've never seen it. I'm just... So you, you got me here for a reason. I, I just got I, called like saying, you, you, Don't you, argue you, you a point you don't know, though. I'm, I'm just saying. I'm saying the issue with... I, 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 know, I know the issue with combat sports scoring yes. is that it's subjective. Yes. You see bad decisions in boxing. You see bad decisions in MMA. Now, MMA, it's a little bit easier because most of the fights are three rounds and you get the championship fights that are five rounds, or at least that's how it is in the UFC. I'm not sure with the sport as a whole. The more subjectivity you allow into the sport, the more bad decisions that you're going to get. Well, so no, the, here, here. The, and, and, and with, I'm going to stop with, you there with, either because well, you're well, wrong. Well, no, no, you're wrong. Because here's the issue. It is subjectivity, but that's not the issue. The issue is the commissions and the individuals that they hire. Because it would be totally fine if it was subjectivity with individuals who understood the sport. The government hires these people who most times don't even watch the sports. They've literally been, it's been this has been well documented. That you so have look, these look. judges who don't know what the fuck is going on with combat sports, and then they get paid these buku bucks because it is an elected position. These are elected officials. These are government workers. So these government workers get hired on and they just take like a class. And here's the thing. Most of these people don't care about the sport. That's the problem. It's not a subject. It's not all this. Let's cut the BS around right down the middle and let's say what it is. It's that the people judging the fights don't care about the sport. They don't even like the damn sports. They're literally only there because that is what the commission the commissions put them there. That's why we get bad box, uh, judging. For instance, in boxing, we get terrible decisions in Texas. Terrible. Why? Because their commission doesn't care. Why do we get great judging and stuff for the most part when we're in California or in, uh, in Nevada? Because those are the most competent commissions in the land. That's the issue. Now, what is MMA scoring based on? I understand boxing scoring is based on effectiveness. So it's mm-hmm. very easy in boxing to say, who would you have rather been in that round? Would you have rather been this this guy 
or that guy. And that's how you're going to score and here's something that's super that. dominant. Or... Each state is different now because all, there's, they, there's, no, there's no unified MMA rules. California tried to make a unified MMA rule set that a few of the states have taken on. LA or uh, Nevada's taken it on. Um, and a few other ones, I believe New Jersey took it on. But there's a lot of states who don't do that. A lot of places, and this is in Dubai. Who knows what the fuck they're doing over there? But it, it's like when you're looking at these, these things and these commissions, because here's the thing. There was a lot of shitey judging that night. If you look at the undercards, it, it's like all the... It was bad judging throughout, okay? Um, and again, this is a commission issue. All right, now, you, you have done a phenomenal job today taking me all the way from what the hell I'm trying to talk about. And my bad, a my reason bad. Why, and, and I'm not going to bring you back on if you do this. This is crazy. We don't even got that much time left, and I even got to the cold main event because you keep on talking about random shit. Go ahead, go ahead. You wanted to talk about scoring. I gave you my perspective. You, you keep on talking about shit that don't matter. All right. <laughs> no, it does matter. As all jokes aside. Um, in terms of that fight, okay? A roundabout way is saying that this is awful. I think this is a robbery. Um, I had Max Holloway winning the first three rounds. Um, and if you look at it, I think round one, round two were very clear. Very clear. Who won the fight? Shit, Volkanovski got dropped twice in those rounds. Um, round uh, three, I guess you can say it was closer, but I thoroughly still believe Max Holloway was one of those rounds. Every single judge gave um, uh, Volkanovski the third round. Um, fourth round was a, another close round, but so I scored it three to two for Max Holloway. I thought Max won the first two pretty easily. I thought four was close for Max Holloway, and I thought Alexander Volkanovski won the fifth round. So I saw a 3-2. It could have easily been 4-1. I don't see any other way. I, I, I totally agree. I, I'm, I'm aligned with you there. I, I won't say nothing. I'm not going to get you off topic. I'm, I, I agree. I think it was a robbery. Yeah, it, it's, it's, to, it's totally wrong. And the fact that this is two fights in a row with this guy, and again, these are by far the two best and honestly, probably the deepest division in MMA. But... You, we cannot, and here's the thing, Dana White doesn't do it. I mean, do you think being that this is Max's 0-2 against Volkanovski, will he get a title shot again? Absolutely. I, I'm not sure if it's immediate, but he'll definitely get another title shot, especially because Dana White acknowledges that Max won the fight. He doesn't think that Volkanovski won. So I think with Dana on your side, that weighs a lot in terms of getting another title shot. So he will be back at some point if he continues to do work. And you've seen his Twitter. He doesn't seem too affected by the loss. He doesn't seem too down about it. He take he took it like a fighter. Hey, it's a bad night. I'm still blessed. And he's moving forward. What's I the guy? Like 28? He has a long career ahead of him. Oh, he, he's, he's, long. Tw he's 28 years old. And he's already recognized as one of the greatest of all time. And he's only 28 years old. So he'll be fine. He'd be so fine. And again, I, I'll, like, I'm going to be honest with you. That fight left such a bad taste in my mouth, it took away from the main event for me. Like, I was so upset after that one. It was just like, I really didn't, I wasn't even, my heart wasn't even in the main event like that. Because I was like, how are they going to do blessed like that? Seriously, it hurt my heart. All right, um, anything else you want to say about that fight? Nope. All right, uh, move on to the, uh, to the third fight. There was the third title fight of the night. And that was a fight between... Um, Pieter Jan and the legend Jose Aldo. Pieter Jan gets a third round stoppage. And honestly, a stoppage that should have happened way sooner than it did. Um, it seemed as if Aldo was getting a little bit tired. But look, I'm here to tell you, Pieter Jan is the real deal. 
He's super tough. He made the right adjustments. And I cannot wait to see a fight between him and Aljamain Sterling. New York's finest. Come on, son. From your oh, neck of the new, woods. Not, not, not just New York. Long Island's finest. Yeah. That's one of your boys. Oh, yeah. You know, you know I'm going to go Aljo in that fight. I know nothing about this guy again, except for what I saw on, saw on Saturday. And I actually, I actually missed the finish. But, of course, you know, we're going with the blacks. <laughs> like, that's just how we do here. But, I mean, Aljo Sterling, hometown guy, got to go with him. Absolutely. Absolutely, man. And and, is it, so that, is that definitely the next fight for them? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's going to that's gonna be the next one. Unless, unless Henry Cejudo decides to come back, and then they'll probably make that fight. With Jan and Cejudo. Yeah. I saw them going back, going back and forth on Twitter. It seems like Henry Cejudo isn't too interested in that fight. He told him, you know. Henry Cejudo is, he loves calling himself Triple C. And, dude, it's like, I'm a, I'm a big proponent. If, if you're retired, I don't want to hear you. If you're retired. He kind of seems like, he just seems like a troll at this point. He is a troll. And he comes in here and he's like talking, oh, bend the knee. He's calling out guys at weight classes higher than him. And he's like, oh, I'm going to go over there and take your belt. And all he wants to do is like collect belts. And he doesn't realize you, the, the first belt that he won, no one thinks he actually won the fight. That was Demetrius Johnson. Yeah, nobody thinks he won that fight. Well, look at me, I got a little knowledge. You know what I'm saying? And then DJ <laughs> doesn't care. DJ's like, I got 13 of these motherfuckers in a row, whatever. And he went to one. Now he's winning the belt over there. So we have guys like his. So I, he's such a disappointment to me. And here's the thing. I, and I, I'm a big fan of Henry Cejudo when he's in the cage. He is amazing when I'm watching him compete. But he's not as good as he thinks he is. Um, all right. Uh, in terms of that, man, I think Peter Yan is amazing. I think Aljamain Sterling deserves a title shot. And I've said it on this show before, and I'll say it again. I believe that Aljamain Sterling, 2021, will be the champion at 135 pounds. I think he's the best in that weight class, and that weight class is stacked. Amazing card, amazing, and I cannot wait to, to His see His last that. fight was a showcase. And here's the thing, and that's the guy that they thought was going to be the champion. They, everyone said that Corey Sandhagen, the Sandman, is the best, and he's gonna beat Aljamain. Aljo was the was the underdog in that fight, and Aljo cut through that man he like dragged. Blood. He drug him. Now, now that sir, that's dragging somebody. That's ragdolling somebody. Absolutely. Good Absolutely. gracious, I, I man. Get no more argument for me. Uh, I, I didn't even expect that that Diamond ever win. I'm telling you. All right, uh, last fight I want to talk about on this card, man. Um, uh, Amanda Rivas went out there, destroyed Paige Van Zandt. Uh, two minutes in, she flew out there. She flew 19 hours to get finished in 90 seconds. Um, look, she is who I thought she was. I hit my Dennis Green quote from back in the day when the Bears beat the brakes off him in 06. Dennis Green, when he was the coach, God bless the dead, when he was the coach of Arizona Cardinals, he said, hey, they were who we thought they were. And that's exactly how I feel about Paige Van Zandt. She was who I thought she was. And that's, she's cute. She's a novelty act. But when it comes down to it, she's not a killer. And Amanda Rivas is a killer. She's the one that everyone is waiting from Brazil to be the next big thing out of Brazil. Amanda Nunes is not going to be here much longer. She's already talking about retirement. Brazil, one of the hotbeds of MMA. We need 
that blood. We need those fans in MMA. And guess what? That's it. Amanda Rivas. And she's not fighting at 125 pounds, which I'm going to be honest with you. She was fighting at 125. She gets absolutely destroyed by the champion because the champion, Valentin Shevchenko, in my opinion, is the greatest female fighter I have ever seen. Now, if she fights at 115, oof, the matchups there. Holy shit. She can fight Zhang, the champion. She can fight the one who I believe should have been champion in Ioana Janjacek. She can fight Michelle Waterson. She can fight so many. Amanda Ribas is a killer. She put on a show. Salute to that young lady. Oh my goodness. Is a she fight. a future champion? With the names in that division. She has, she, she's just, a, I'm telling you, that is the one weight class in the UFC that every, from the, anybody in the top eight can win a belt. They're that deep. And that's one thing that people have to understand about female MMA, man. Women's MMA, especially at 115, is stacked. It's super stacked. Like, literally, they have 15 women in that weight class that are incredible to watch. And they all put on amazing shows. Okay. Yeah, um, I, I, I watched her performance on Saturday. Saturday. Don't know much about the division, but she fucking dominated Paige Van Zandt. And I feel like I've heard the name Paige Van Zandt before. She like, was too, she was some type of veteran. She's pretty young. She's out the UFC now, as Dana White seems to have implied. Um, maybe we'll see her sometime in Bellator, but yeah, her she's done. fights in Bellator. Okay, well, yeah. I mean, Reva... Rebos was dominant. He's a real dude. I mean, simple as that. It, it was similar to Aljo's performance. Facts. Facts. All right. Well, here. Let's shift gears real quick. Um, and now it's because, you know, we got to talk about what, what, what we got here for, man. So uh, in terms of MMA, anything else in terms of MMA that you want to discuss? Bro, you know I want to talk about boxing. <laughs> <laughs> all right, man. Um, all right. So let's go ahead and move on, man. Um, look, I've seen a couple things, man. This one thing I want to talk about boxing. One of the funniest things that I've noticed, man, I've, I've seen... Um, is we're seeing fighters consistently put out sparring footage. And we said somebody else is, is a corporate uh, a culprit of that, and that is Gervonta Davis. Gervonta Davis goes out there and puts out a video of him in a sparring session against another very, very quality champ. He only showed a couple bits and pieces. Oh, um, the, word, the, word, the word champion. Let's not use that like Not a champ, but he <laughs> a, a, a solid fighter who is a legitimate contender. He's a decent fighter. He's a, he's a good fighter, man. What's his name? Is a good fighter, man. So, um, but here's the thing: Tank went out there and put the video out. Um, I think that's um, I think that's weak, personally. I, I've never liked people doing that. Um, I'm noticing more and more people doing that. I think it's fine if you do that if you're just showing work. Like we worked on this. You see, I see you yeah, because Devin Haney's done it, and Devin Haney shows him getting cracked. I see Devin get cracked, and you see him come back. That I'm fine with. But if you're going to show yourself hitting, like knocking out or staggering a professional fighter, like what are you doing, man? Like why would like that's the thing. Like you're breaking your toys. I'm coming here to help you get work in, and then you're going to put me on blast in front of the company. Because here's the thing, and people don't understand how sparring works. Most times you're not going in there and just swinging for the fences. Their coaches are sitting there telling you to work on certain things. So if I'm here in practice, and that's like a DB in football getting burned by, by a receiver. And it's just like, 
on, on their team. Like, so what? You knew the route I didn't. I'm just working on some shit. I was working on, you know, this jab step. You got me on this one. Who gives a shit? And that's how it should be in combat sports also. But the way he did it was incendiary, and I don't appreciate that. Well, let's give some background here. You know, because there was a lot of quote-unquote background that came out after we saw this video. So we see the video. Javante Davis lands some big shots on Ivan Redcatch. Now, Ivan Redcatch is, to me, a little bit more of a journeyman. Five losses, most of them to guys you've never heard of. Um, the biggest losses on his resume, he lost to Tevin Farmer, he lost to John Molina, and he also lost to Danny Garcia. But there's a couple guys on there you just, hey, just never heard the, of. But those three are very, very quality opponents. Those are three They're, legitimate guys. Now, if he was competitive in those fights, then maybe we'd be having a different conversation. But he was blown out in all three of them. I, I, like I, I said, agree. Yeah, absolutely. I he think was. the guy is more, more of a journeyman. However, yeah. he's a no-name no name in boxing. Some yeah. guy who we'll probably see in the future when fighters are coming up. Yes. They get a fight against I, Ivan Redcatch. That type of guy. Absolutely. Now, he, at the same time, I mean, as a journeyman, he can still hold, hold his own. He's a veteran, knows a few tricks. He was brought in to spar with Tank Davis. He was told that he's going to do six rounds of sparring. Allegedly, Tank Davis allegedly. quit after. Allegedly. Alleg allegedly, <laughs> allegedly, Tank Davis quit after four. Now, Redcatch wanted to videotape sparring. He was told, allegedly, that he was not able to vi videotape sparring. You know, they're not going to do that. And then, Tank Davis people, they videotape the sparring. They only show what makes him look best, and then they... And then Ivan say, hey, I dominated him for four rounds. That's alarming because we've now we've heard the rumors about Tank Davis. We've seen him not make weight. We've heard about him not being dedicated to the sport. And now you have Ivan Redcatch saying he dominated you in sparring. So I understand you could it. call a journeyman. He got dominated by a journeyman. That's that's alarming because it goes it, it's right in the same narrative with everything else we've heard about Tank Davis. Absolutely. And that's a problem. And for uh, guys like us, we want to see Tank get it together. We see the talent that we that he has. We see the athleticism, the power. It's all there. But mentally, he's just not there. He's not focused. And to a certain extent, I mean, he's a circumstance of his environment. But at the same time, I mean, he has all the opportunity in the world to put himself around the right people, get focused, and get back on track. And time and time again, we see Tank Davis involved in some bullshit. And I'm fucking sorry. Like, I'm just about done with him. I'm just about done. You are just about done. You've I've been done. Been done. <laughs> he can kick rocks sideways. I am not a fan of Tank Davis. And and again, I've said it before and I'll say it again. Yo, first and foremost, you miss weight. There's no excuse for that. If you do it once, it happens. If you do it multiple times, you're not a professional. Okay? That's my first thing. And then secondly, you put your hands on women. Like consistently, fam, I'm not about that life. I, I don't think that any man should be respected who does that. That's why I didn't mess with Greg Hardy. That's why I don't mess with anybody who does that. So the fact that he's someone who's out here, that he's done that consistently, he's going out there not taking the sport seriously. He's not taking, I, why should, if he's not taking the sport or himself seriously, why should I? And for me, I think that we give, not not us in particular, but I think MMA in, in, in combat sports media, I think that the cat I think we give this kid far too much credence. Because at the end of the day, who has he really fought? Let's just keep it a buck. Who has he really fought? 
And at the end of the, and also, who is really fought? It's like, dude, if he can't make weight, even if he gets a fight with some of these big names, I cannot trust you to legitimately make weight. So if I can't trust him to make weight, he's not going to get these big fights because these big fighters aren't going to take that risk. That is a big reason why I thoroughly believe why Floyd Mayweather is sitting there hanging out with Devin Haney more than he is with dude. Because Devin Haney is a professional. Now, back in 2011, there was a young upcoming prospect by the name of Marcos Maidana. He had just lost to Amir Khan. It was his big comeback fight. He was still a highly touted prospect. They put him in there against an old veteran by the name of Eric Morales. Yes. I now, that fight. Marcos Maidana, he did get out of there, but just barely, just barely got out of there. And Eric Morales put on a classic performance. Classic people Eric, Eric Morales. That was like the last Eric Morales yep. classic performance, yes. El, El Terrible put on an amazing performance that night in, in a close loss for him. Yes. Marcos Maidana simply overlooked him. Now, why do I mention that? Tank Davis, this fall, he's supposed to fight one of those veteran guys in Leo Santa Cruz. And can Leo Santa Cruz turn back the clock? Put on a Leo classic performance. Leo ain't that even old. That's the thing. But he hasn't looked as Leo-esque in his last few fights. And if Tank Davis is supposed to come down to 130 pounds, his last fight he missed weight at 135 pounds, he's going to come to 130 pounds and fight a Leo Santa Cruz who everybody is counting out. And you got dominated, allegedly, by Ivan Redcatch and sparring. Allegedly. These are storylines that you need to look out for, and we'll be talking about them going into the fall. I'm curious to see how it plays out. Maybe Tank is coming, fighting with the chip on his shoulder. Maybe he's finally going to get up for Leo Santa Cruz, and I can see that. He hasn't fought anybody who he can get up for. Uh, if he get up, gets up for Leo Santa Cruz, maybe, because, you know, we're, you know we're, we're in this You know why I don't think he's going to get up for Leo? I, I, I generally, the way that Tank has carried himself shows me that he, he he feels himself. He believes he's better than he is. Um, and the fact that, that I mean, and granted, as a combat sport athlete, you have to have that crazy type of tenacity. You have to have that crazy, you know, um, just that spirit. Like, I'm overly confident, and you have to have that. But you also have to be realistic. And he also has to understand that, you know what? He's not taking stuff seriously. And I'm going to be honest with you. He is so accustomed to not taking things seriously. I, that's not something you can just turn off. I think he's one of those guys that is very skilled. I think, I, you know what? This is my hot take for the day. Mark my words. Javante Davis is Adrian Broner 2.0. Uh, that, that's not even that much of a hot take at this point. It, it, he, that's who he is, man. He's, he's going to be no more than Adrian Broner. And what that's going to do is this. Speaking of Marcos Maidana, get, get, he gonna knock his, somebody in that regard is going to knock his head off, knock him out, finish him, take him from the, the ranks of the unbeaten, and he ain't never going to be the same again. Hey, we, we, we should stop there. That was, that was a good full circle moment talking about Marcos, Marcos Maidana. Like that. <laughs> All right. One thing I do want to ask you about really quick is this. I found this to be very interesting. We have continued hearing things of Luke Campbell actually going to fight against Ryan Garcia. Luke Campbell recently came out and said that he believes that Ryan Garcia is a better fighter and will be more of a challenge than Devin Haney. Do you think he's just trying to sell the fight? I think that what he said is that 
Ryan Garcia presents more of a risk to him. And I would agree. Devin Haney hasn't necessarily shown the power that Ryan Garcia has shown. So while Devin Haney, we would expect in a fight against Luke Campbell, we'd probably pick Devin Haney by decision. Ryan Garcia, we're at, at this stage, we're much more likely to see a knockout. And I think that's where Luke Campbell is coming from. Ryan Garcia has shown and flashed his power a little bit more than Devin Haney at this point in his career. And that's where the danger comes from. Because now you always have to watch out for that. That's not necessarily something you're going to be thinking about throughout the fight with the Devin Haney. I can see that. The reason I would say it, that that's a great point. That's an amazing point, man. No, we, we're in my area now, buddy. Yeah, it's an amazing <laughs> point. Um, I mean, nigga, it's my area too, so be easy. We, my my neck was now. <laughs> be easy. You, you, hey, you saw that you saw that meme I sent you earlier. <laughs> Look, funny as as long as I, I know where I'm at now, yeah. I, I, I can see. Um, I, got, I got a flashlight. <laughs> I love it, man. That's awesome. Um, so here's the thing. I, I think it's it, it's true. Um, me personally. I think Devin Haney is a far more well-rounded fighter. So for me, I think the more well-rounded fight, fighter poses a more of a threat. Uh, but Ryan Garcia has been very impressive. He's been impressive recently. And here's the thing. Um, you, if you asked me a year ago if I thought Ryan Garcia should have an opportunity to fight Luke Campbell, I'd say, you better get the fuck out of here. Hell no. But I'll be very honest with you. I, team I, Canelo, baby. I, I wouldn't team mind seeing it. Canelo. Straight up. Like, team Canelo. He got Eddie Hironoso is sitting there talking tall shit. Eddie is out here like, yeah, this guy's a world beater. And you know what, man? I'm not mad at him. They, they obviously see something. They feel something. They work with him day in, day out. I think the kid is super talented. Do I think he's better than Devin Haney? No. Okay, now, hey. At this point in time, just being trying to be completely objective because I am a yeah. Devin Haney fan. Me too. I mean, but I'm a Ryan Garcia fan also. Devin, Don't, let's not get it twisted. Ryan Garcia, he's shown us more than Devin Haney at this point in his career. If Devin Haney wasn't associated with Mayweather, if he didn't have, you know, some of the guys that we that we know and respect saying good things about him, if maybe he wasn't even a black fighter, would you take that same approach with him? I think because yeah, I think if someone had his skin, because here's the thing. I like Devin Haney not because of who he hangs out with, because of what I've seen in the ring. I think that he, I think he has the intangibles. I think he has a skill set. To me, when I see him, even from the very beginning, before I knew anybody, anything about him, I was like, man, this kid is special. He has something about him that I believe is special. Um, Ryan Garcia, I think I always thought was flashy. I was like, he's flashy, but he he doesn't have the same. We thought he was an Instagram model. Yeah, exactly. But he was. At one point in time, he was. He's becoming a fi an actual fighter. And I really mess with him. I, I actually, I commend him. And I really, like, I'm behind Ryan Garcia. I think Ryan Garcia is dope. I really think he's super dope. Um, but in turn, for me, I'm still going with the guy who has the better fundamentals. That's just how I am. That's how I pick fighters. I look at things like that. That's why I love Devin Haney. That's why I love Shakur Stevenson. I think these guys are the best of the of the the foursome. Shakur is in a different conversation. But that's what I'm saying. Like I, but I yeah. love these guys because of the skills that they have. And again, I, I I don't think that Ryan Garcia has the exact same skill set that these guys do. He has different intangibles. Like for instance, Teofimo Lopez has the the eraser. Right. That's his intangible. 
I am uber athletic. I have this eraser. I can knock your face off, right? That's an intangible. He's very skilled also, but I don't know if I can sit there and say he is more fundamentally, he's the most fundamentally sound guy out there. You know what I'm saying? I, I, but he's fought very high-level guys, so I'm going to give him props. I get what you're saying. I don't define intangibles in the same way that you do. I wouldn't necessarily call strength, a, a power in your punch, an intangible. That's more of a tangible skill to me. But I don't want to get off course here. I, w- I want to give one more reason to, to like Ryan Garcia. Mm-hmm. I believe it was Chris Mannix. It could have been somebody else. I listened to a, to a few different boxing podcasts. One of the hosts has recently had a conversation with Ryan Garcia in regards to the fight against Luke Campbell. Ryan Garcia is like, he wants to fight him. Not only that, but he's not afraid to take a loss. And he said, hey, if I lose, I lose. I don't care. Like, Everybody's so that. fascinated with this I O. I am that. not. He I said he said he is not fat, infatuated with that O. And that's what we started the episode with. That's one reason to like like Ryan Garcia because going forward, knowing that he's not infatuated with that O, we're gonna see him in big fights. Win, lose, or draw, he's gonna continue to be exciting, and he already has the following. So win, lose, or draw, unless he shows up a complete bitch, he's gonna just continue to grow, unless continue he to get dominated. bigger and bigger. And he will have a belt one day. Sooner or later, the, kid, the kid's going to get a belt. Yes. All we got to do is wait. Agreed. And I'm excited to see what's in store for him. And I'm so excited at even just the potential of a fight between him, him and Luke Campbell. Because Luke Campbell is a tough, dog. Tough, oh, tough. Luke Campbell's a dog. I love it. I, I love it. I think. Um, but look, man, we're, we're really lucky in terms of uh, boxing right now and the people that we have. This young crop of guys, man. Uh, Devin Haney, Ryan Garcia, Shakur Stevenson. Uh, Teofimo Lopez. Um, there are a couple other guys that we can throw in that mix also. But man, we're boxing. Whoa, is whoa, in whoa, a whoa! Good whoa. Place. Can I, can I, can I get a couple more names in there? Did you say? Is it, did you say a Virgil Ortiz? Did you get that that yeah, narrative as well? Say, did I not just say a couple other guys are in there? Yeah, oh, okay. Well, <laughs> I want to. We, we we always talk about this class, this this young class. Yeah. We don't often throw Jerron Ennis in there, and that's a fighter I just sent you over there today. Hot take. Hot take. If I want to get really aggressive. Mm-hmm. He could be the one out of them all, and if you're if we're not including like Shakur it. Stevenson in that category, Jerron like Ennis, he's only he's only 23 out of Philadelphia. We know he's coming out of Philadelphia. He's a hard worker, constantly in the gym, and has shown nothing but great things in the ring thus far. Truly. He's fighting a tough division at at welterweight 147. Mm-hmm. Well, let's make that fight with Vic, uh, Virgil Ortiz now. That's one advantage. That's one advantage I think we do have on our side is that these boxers are looking at MMA and they're like, hey. hey these guys are they're constantly fighting each other. The sport is growing. If they can take a look and say, hey, what can I do for the sport? How can I grow the sport? If I can grow the sport, then I'm still going to get those paychecks. Yeah. Make that fight right now. Facts. That's a fight. Hey, Virgil Ortiz and Jerron Ennis, I'll pay for that shit now and, and put that on a pay-per-view. Well, let's say, and just throwing names out there, uh, Caleb Plant and David Benavides. Fire. Fire card. That's, that's not how boxing works, but that's how it could. That's how it should. That is how and we have enough ta- And we have enough talent and star power in the sport to do that. They're just not making it happen just yet. But with what's going on in the pandemic and with the showcase that MMA is putting on on how to run force them sport, to fight. Yeah, because here's the thing. Yeah. Boxers have That's gotten a- very comfortable with only fighting twice a year. No matter. Look, look at Gary Russell Jr. I'm, we're lucky if he fights once a year. If you have fighters like that that are accustomed to only fighting once or twice, this pandemic is forced. They're going to be, I got to fight. I got to get it in. Dude. He fights once a year and brags about it. It's so ridiculous. It's so ridiculous, man. And that is what and that is what MMA absolutely has over boxing. The fighters perform more regularly. 
at the higher level. They, we they see don't this. have a choice. It's the the fact that the boxers have a choice is the issue, and we'll never get to the point where boxing is like the UFC, no. where there is no. one unified brand. But there does used to be some. There just needs to be some type of boxers union, something that's going to unify the four the four belts in those organizations. Yeah. There needs there there needs to be something. There needs to be some common ground for these fighters, for these promoters, because at the end of the day, what are you doing for the sport yeah, of boxing? The, there uh, is they want the, it's the you have to uh, look into the Muhammad Ali Act. Um, they they need to get the Muhammad Ali Act um, enacted uh, everywhere else. It, it, it's um, it speaks to that as part of it. It also talks about paying other things. Uh, I, I'll get we can go and get in depth about it in the future, but there's definitely there, things that that boxing needs to do. Um, it doesn't make sense that we're they're not giving fans the fights that the fans deserve. It's not happening, and they need to do it. It's crazy. And it's annoying that when we talk about boxing, we're always going to have this conversation. There probably hasn't been a show yet where we've done this podcast where we haven't had this conversation. And there is a world in which big fights get made, boxers get paid, and boxers fight at least somewhat frequently. And when I say somewhat frequently, hey, three times a year. I don't think that's too much to ask. I, I think that the top fighters in the world should absolutely fight three times a year. I think... Well, they got the, that is something that Floyd put together. That, Floyd put together that that schedule, that two time a year schedule that he did put that together, and after that, that just became that just became a rule. It, it, Top fighters it, fighting twice a year. Yeah, it, it's ridiculous. It, it's ridiculous. Um, if they fought three times a year, that'd be best. And also, here's the thing: there's a reason why, like, dude, turnover is good in the sport. That's how we see we we get new champions. You, that's how we get epic trilogies. These things happen when you actually fight regularly and you fight the best of the best. Um, if you're not fighting the best of the best and you just, you know, chirping on Twitter and stuff and you're not actually go getting after it, I, I, I don't particularly care what you have to say. It's just, it's just not. I don't, I don't. So speaking about the best fighting the best, there's a name that gets thrown around around the middleweight division. Mm -hmm. How much time do we have? Uh, I got about got five minutes. Time? Yeah, a couple minutes. Okay. There's a name that gets thrown around the middleweight division by this guy that goes by the name of Demetrius Andre. Okay. He'll fight but anywhere between <laughs> 160 and 160. Um, or I think, yeah, at this point, he's fighting at between at, 160 uh, and 168. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think he fights either 168 or between the two of them. Either way, he recently had, a, had an appearance in the Chris Mannix pod podcast uh and i just didn't like some of the things that he was saying they just rubbed me the wrong way <laughs> number number one he was complaining that fighters at his pay level in the let's say under five five million dollar range five million and under yes which for mma fighters would be huge but boxers you can be a Dem demetrius andre and get you know two three million dollars for a fight yes even, he even if you're not fighting anybody <laughs> He said it's unfair for fighters making that pay that pay level to have to take pay cuts, and it should be the Canelos, the Anthony Joshuas, the Triple Gs of the world taking the pay cuts. And his reasoning for that, he's like, why he he was he kept on saying I have to get in there and risk my life, and why why should I take a pay cut? The part that rubbed me the wrong way was the whole risk my life part. Like nigga, we've seen you fight. You don't risk your life. That's why nobody wants to fight you. Okay. All right. That's okay. why nobody wants okay. to fight you. Hey, you you're, know you're what? I, I was legitimately, I was legitimately gonna have some reservation. I was like, they are putting their lives on the line, and then you're, but you're right. With him, it is. He wants none of the smoke when he's in there. He's like, I'm going to, which again, it's it's the name of the game, right? I hit and not get hit. Um, 
And in terms of him, I haven't heard the interview, so I, I can't speak that much on it. But, yo, that dude is doofy. <laughs> he's a bit of a weirdo, so you're always going to hear some wild shit come out of his mouth. But when he's talking about fighter pay, and then he's saying, hey, guys like those guys I just named, they shouldn't have got that much money to begin with. Nigga! Nigga, they're the expenses house, the expensive houses on the block. You understand that the expenses, expensive houses on the block, bring up the house, bring up the price of all the other houses on the block. They're helping you, nigga. Why would you say that they should have never made that money to begin with? Dude, now I can up. understand if you if you're gonna say because they make so much, they have a little bit more to give away in the pandemic. But to say that they shouldn't have made that much in the first place is wild, nigga. You shouldn't be making facts, that much in the first place facts. because you don't want to give us inciting fights. Yes. And I would probably pick him in a fight against a guy like Canelo, but nigga, I don't want to watch that i don't you know what's funny man and and you 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 hit it on the head bro you hit it on the motherfucking head uh that that is what it is man it's when you have somebody like him you're not putting yourself out there and how dare you first of all how dare you count another man's pockets like how dare you count another man's pockets well it it was the topic of the conversation it was was the topic of the conversation but but still as a grown-ass man you should be like i'm so happy that that man got that money because what that means is that it is available for us to get. I can attain that if I do something differently. That is how he should have handled that situation. To sit there and say, nah, y'all should pay him, you should pay me instead. Fam, you're gonna get a pay cut because guess what? I don't like watching you fight because you're boring, you don't even engage, and then when you have somebody hurt, you don't capitalize on it. You are the least entertaining fighter, boxer, because you're not a fighter, you're a boxer. You're extremely skilled, but you're not entertaining. So how dare you go out there and say that you want to fight somebody or you're, whatever, dude. Like, because you're right. Against a Canelo, even somebody who I love in a Charlo, he, he probably would win. He could win. Those no, are winnable fights. But nobody, it's because, care. Don't, nobody cares because at the end of the day, dude, stylistically, nobody cares. And it's not fair to fighters because that's not the name of the game, I say. But that's the thing. I would have had his back if he said that man shouldn't get paid. I don't like that at all. Don't sit there and count another man's pockets. Canelo made that money because Canelo is pound for pound number one fighter in the world. And Canelo, throughout his entire career, has fought everybody. That's why Canelo makes that cash. And when he does it, he does it in style. Canelo makes that money and that nigga don't even speak English. That's how you know how dope Canelo is. So don't give me that. Anthony Joshua and those heavyweights deserve every penny of that because they're heavyweights. And when because they got to get in the ring with Deontay Wilder. Exactly. You got to get in the ring with <laughs> Hey, you got to pay me 20 mil to get in the ring with that dude. Straight up. You know what I'm saying? So when you have guys like that, dude, it, there is no ifs, ands, or buts about it. So for him to go out there and say that, I'm with you. It's a doofy question. It's a doofy answer for him to do. And at the end of the day, there's a reason why no one watches you fight. Here's the thing. He makes good money. Decent money. I mean, boxers make decent money. He's, he, he's a... Every time he, he, he speaks, it hurts my head. All right, man. Yeah, um, any other uh, boxing news and notes that you want to touch on? Um, we've kind of discussed Jarrell Miller already. Uh, oh, uh, I mean, I think it's pretty—it's it's pretty much well documented that um, Lomachenko and Teofimo Lopez yes. is looking looking like September nineteenth, and the idea that they have both elected to do no tune-up fights because originally Lomachenko wanted a tune-up fight because it's because been about a year. Grown since- ass man, they're real fighters. I love it. 
It's been about a year since he's been been in the ring. He's getting a little bit older. Apparently, Tiafimo has put on a little bit of weight, more so muscle weight because he's been training, but put on a little bit of weight during quarantine. So we'll see how some of these storylines play out. But if this does come to fruition, this is, is, is the biggest fight in boxing by far, by far, by far since quarantine, because... In my opinion, Tiafema Lopez is one of boxing's biggest stars at, yes. with his ranking on the pound for pound list. And a live dog. So, oh, oh, Vasily Lomachenko is way more than a live dog. No, Tiafema is a live dog. No, Tiafema, he's absolutely a live dog. We saw what he did to Richard Comey. But, um, you know, I think even for both of us, Lomachenko is probably one of our favorite, if not our favorite fighter. So definitely looking forward to that September 19th date. I'll be going with Lomachenko, but we'll go more into it closer to that fight date if nobody tests positive for COVID. Because at this point, it takes so much for fights to get made. But to get to that fight day now, it's, we're all jumping through hoops. As soon as someone tests positive, then so you have what, residual what, what, in your so system. What you're saying is people listening to the fight podcast right now, look at me. Look at, this, look, look at me in the camera right now. Please wear a fucking mask. It's not that difficult. Put on a mask. Look at Florida. They want to have summertime. Now everybody got the hiv over there. Like, come on, fam. Wear a mask. Wear a it's fucking simple. mask. It's Wear that mask. simple. If, you don't, if you're not sick, it's cool. It's not about you. Let's not get the rest of these people sick. God, it's not that hey, hard. Hey. It's and not. you don't have to... You don't have to wear... A, um, from my perspective, you don't have to wear a mask in every single environment. But just be smart. Always bring it with you. Put it on when you see other people, go to the grocery store, public places, put on a mask. It's just not that difficult. I don't care if you go for a, a socially distant meal that's outside, wear a mask when you're supposed to, and then take it off when you sit down. Thank just you. be considerate. And, and, and we say all that because we want these damn fights. And y'all keep taking these fights away from us because you don't want to put on a goddamn mask. Stop taking well, my fights away. It's Tuesday. It's Tuesday right now. ES, ESPN fight, uh, top ranked fights are on. Jamel Herring was supposed to defend his belt tonight. He tested positive for COVID. So, I mean, we, we've just seen this happen over and over. We need our sport back. We Dude, do. Uh, look, at, look at this past weekend's card in the UFC. There was, there's multiple people that tested positive main event. for COVID. The main event. Tested, uh, Jorge Masvidal's coach tested positive. That's why his coach wasn't in the corner. His head coach. There's so much that, that went on that fight, man. So uh, a lot's going on, man, but B, it is amazing to get you back in here, man. Get a full episode back with you, man. Uh, my brother from another mother, bro, the guru. Dude, I appreciate you, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me, and uh, we will do this again soon. Let's get more boxing back, please. Tell me, man. We got to get boxing, man. We got to get this man something to talk about. What, what, what's the next <laughs> MMA fight coming up that I need to be looking out for? Uh, There's a fight tomorrow. Uh, amazing card. UFC. It's in Dubai. Uh, we have Calvin Cater fight Dan Ige. This fight is going to be fireworks. If you're talking about boxing, uh, Calvin Cater has... Um, this is a fight at 145 pounds. Calvin Cater is another one of those dudes in the Shark Tank division. Um, he is a Boston... Golden Glove champion, okay? He is, he has a, if he has some of the slickest boxing you'll see in all of MMA, uh, super uh, dope dude. Dan Ige is one of the toughest guys you'll see. In my humble opinion, he lost his last fight and it wasn't even that close. And again, it was another one of those fights that nobody thought he won, but 
kudos to him in less than a month he's back to fight once again against another monster and um if he gets past this one we have to legitimately start talking about that man in a title picture so uh salute to them but that fight is actually tomorrow there's two fight cards this week there's one tomorrow and there's one on saturday i'll be, I'll be watching both yeah, i ain't sure. got no time to miss any any type of fights i need it all <laughs> That's what it is, man. Uh, real quick before we get you out of here, uh, any music, any TV, anything we need to pay attention to? I'm still banging, you know, to still being like you to Freddie Gibbs album. I have been listening to that Pop Smoke um, as well, but I, I just haven't been listening to a, not a lot of new shit. However, today I got a recommendation for the latest CeeLo album. Right, I heard that was good. So, oh, um, there is a, if you like jazz, there is an album called Dinner Party that's out right now, and it is with Ninth Wonder. Um, and um, oh, why am I thinking of missing his name? It's uh, this jazz dude. Uh, missing it right now, but it's like hip-hop jazz type of stuff. Uh, it's amazing. You check it out. It's one of the smooth evening albums if you want to check that out. And that was super fun. I, I can't talk jazz without shouting out my line brother, uh, BK Jackson. His album is out now, Life of the Party. Hey, I'll um, check that yeah. out. He, oh, he, he's a world-renowned jazz artist. He's played with Prince. Absolutely, I got yeah. you right now. I, I'm, I'm a hell yeah. He's frat too. Absolutely. A five stand up. That's what's up. Salute to that brother. Oh, I'm definitely gonna go ahead and, and and purchase some of him and support the man. So that's what's up. Definitely, and he and he got a uh, track on there, I believe, with uh, your boy from Chicago, Ross Mack. Hey, Shy Town Ma stand Mac up. Economics. Love it, love it, love it, man. Well, hey. Well, go ahead, man. Do you have enjoy the rest of your day? Uh, make sure you have some fun entanglements and. Uh... <laughs> Come on now. <laughs> you could you you had to get one off. You had to get one off. <laughs> entanglements, boy. You gotta take. Oh, and, and again, I, I've sat down. Look for those listening. We B and I in rapping combat had an opportunity we sat and we had a long talk this weekend and unfortunately that was a part of the conversation i'm telling you i'm with you guys more than ever now look man jada dirty bro jada wrong man <laughs> all right bro, man we'll get you out of here bro. I, I i i spent way too much time talking about this i just want to move on with my life <laughs> i just want to move on all right brother uh b let them know where they find you real quick Oh, you can find me on Instagram at bcam13. That is bcam with two M's. And on Twitter, bcam thinks that is bcam with one M. Beautiful. Talk to y'all soon. I will be back here soon. And Serge, as always, appreciate you for having me. You know it, brother. Always, man. All right, bro. How's you next time? He's out. All right, all right, all right. That was the guru, Brandon Camille, man. Always love when the man comes on the show, has some amazing uh, conversations. And dude, it feels good to get some talk about boxing back in. It's amazing. You have to love talking about boxing. Um, there's so many possibilities coming up. MMA is, has been everywhere. We love what's going on there. We're obviously getting ready for the trilogy between Daniel Cormier and Stipe Miocic. And, um, and again, man, we're, we're getting the fights that we want to get and boxing is coming up as well. And I can't wait to share more of these things and these stories with you guys. All right. Well, with that being said, um, this has been episode 221 of the greatest combat sports culture of the entire universe, the Fight Podcast. I'm your host, the Underground King, Serge Vicente. Man, we are brought to you each and every week by our amazing sponsors, Everlast. Remember, Everlast is one of, since 1910, has been one of the greatest 
combat sports brands, gloves in the world. They have gloves, they have sporting equipment, and so much more. Check them out today, everlast.com. Um, go ahead and use promo code The Fight. You'll get 10% off. Uh, of your purchase there. So go ahead and check it out and support the fight. Also, CBD Pure. I love CBD Pure, man. I am I, an advocate of CBD. Um, I'm an advocate of cannabis as well. So uh, CBD Pure is amazing. If you have aches, you have pains. Um, it, it, the, scientifically, it shows it does so much, man. CBD Pure is organic. It comes from Colorado. Um, they do an amazing thing and they'll give you 15% off with promo code the fight. And finally, you have to talk about Nug Club Official. If you are in California or all West Coast, man, check out Nug Club, man. You get $200 worth of bud in a nice, beautiful, curated box. They deliver directly to your home uh, or office. And what they end up doing, man, you have, you know, whether it be edibles, uh, flour, uh, everything. They'll put that in there for you, man. $200 uh, worth of product for only a hundred bucks, $99. And if you use promo code the fight, you get 10% off on top of that as well. All right. All right, man. Uh, without further ado, like I said, this is the underground King it's host Serge Vicente. Check me out on all social media at Serge Vicente. Follow us on, uh, our website, thefightpodcast.com. Also, check us out at The Fight Podcast on all social media platforms. I am at Serge Vicente. Love you guys. Episode 221. Hot you guys next time. Peace out. <laughs>